orgy. What if Lucifer offered you an orgy? <laughs> no, it's women and men. Do I stay on the women's side? Yeah, but Lucifer's gonna touch you. No, I'd say don't. Touch really? you where? Yeah. Why? So Lucifer touching you would would turn you off? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I honestly, I wouldn't be okay with it. Like that guy. Lean hot. closer. Lean closer. Get close to this. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. So shit. I only like women. <laughs> <laughs> Episode five. All right. This is recording. We up in here. I'm straight. On the left. <laughs> on the left corner. We have the Egyptian stallion. Wow. <laughs> on yep. the right corner, we have Zell. the ginger giant. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So that's pretty so much Zell talking and about Marty. Which Marty we've been G. talking about for the last three podcasts. More than that. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Oh, jeez. I feel like... Wait, wait. Say hello, guys. Say hello. Say your piece. Get closer. Yeah. Lean in. Hello. Yes. Wait, wait, yes. wait. Introduce yourself, Zell. Okay. Hello, my name is Zell. Yes, this is my sexy voice. It does <laughs> not sound awkward and uh, slightly sick. You'd be mistaken. He got the corona. I've got the corona. <laughs> You're wrong. This is Marty. I'm isolated in a hotel room with a guy who's definitely not sick with no windows. Sorry, no functional windows. <laughs> Marty G, in the house. Not <laughs> That's for sure. You and guys. we are keeping a social distance. Yeah, so we're fucking bachelor party night. I wouldn't. Uh, whatever. <laughs> this is your bachelor party, Matthew. Sure. Tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me a bit about you, Marty. Well, yes. I like the color purple. I definitely do enjoy love. We don't want to hear all that bullshit. Uh, Give us the real content. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate to me. <laughs> what about you, Marty? Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I, uh, I once lived with Zell and I stole his purple tie. <laughs> I still have it. It's in one of my drawers. I think it was a gift, to be honest. It's not like that ring. I'm fucking getting that ring back. Well, the ring was a gift. Yeah, I'm keeping it. It's got an eagle on it. It's pretty good. So what, how, how do we know each other? Let's start from there, right? Well, pretty much I am it. I'm the guy who introduced everyone to everyone. Marty D. Not really. Yeah. Well, he introduced me, at least. Oh, yeah. It's credit for that. Well, Marty kind of comes from all points. Like, he's got a bit of history with all of us, I think, at some point. Yeah, so I, I knew Zell from primary school. He was the guy... He was the Marty guy the OG. Zell was the guy that all the girls <laughs> wanted to kiss. You play footsies with me? No, that's that's not me. You did yeah, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> all right, continue what you're saying, mate. Yeah, Zell was the guy that all the girls were chasing at Kiss Chasey, and I was the guy Kiss who was Chasey. hanging out with Zell because, you know, Did you guys play Kiss Chasey? Hell yeah, did I want every time? <laughs> Man, how come I never played Kiss Chasey out this group? No one wanted to kiss you, motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, people that? ran <laughs> fast. <laughs> really fast. Um... I met Chris uh, after a football game where we nearly got into a punch-up. Yeah, I was going to beat his damn ass. And it wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> we were the same height back then. He's a giant now. Yeah, I, I had older brothers. I was used to fighting. <laughs> Our Chris- sisters, though, used to fucking beat around a bit. So I, I had my scuffle talk. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Matty, he was, uh, he was late to our school. Uh, he joined us in the computer room. What year? Year seven. Yeah. Last year of primary school. So Matt was the late bloomer. Yeah, he came from the Vale. Oh, so, fucking Vale kid. Yeah. That's why he wasn't really accepted into any other groups. So he joined <laughs> I remember, you remember Morgan and Alex? They wanted to beat me up. You know who I hate, though? 
Corey, did you well, listen to this? Oh, that's his last name. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know why you didn't like, like him? No, you know why you didn't like him? Why you didn't like him? He was trying to he was trying to get in your business. My business? Yeah. Nah. I was really close with Prom. No, he was my best mate. No, he wasn't, cunt. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Did you ever have a... Actually, we're not going to get into this. Well, say what you were say what you saying previously. So anyway, prom was kind of gay, so <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that out there, and prom. you guys can do use your imagination for the rest. Prom was great though. Even I had a sleepover with prom. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm man. <laughs> anyway, uh, the story was that Corey, he was uh, he was an interesting character. I remember having an argument with him in German class. Wait, is this the one I hate? Yeah. Because there's two Corys. No, no, it's we're the same boss. Yeah, no, it's the same one. Do you like yeah. him? He dobbed me in. Um, because I told him something about him Fucking taking a dog. shit. <laughs> I made a joke about him taking a poop and he started getting really upset. And, well, uh, I was kind of angry that he got upset about that and dobbed me into the teacher. He was fuck a snitch. Yeah. Fuck him. Thank you. Yeah. What a fuck dog. that guy. <clears throat> yeah, so, so, you know, fuck that guy. Right. Even if someone doesn't pay for a ticket on the metro, I won't talk shit. <laughs> but I didn't see anything. <laughs> Yeah. I was getting pretty close with Prom, and he had a cry because we were hanging out and he wasn't in. Have we introduced this episode? Uh, this is Shit Talk episode, episode 5. five. Everyone. Yeah. There well, you go. So we're at Matt's uh, Bachelor. Uh, we have some blokes with us. And some girls. There's so many girls. Like, <laughs> oh, girls left and right. This is a sausage fest. Yeah, man. I'm also a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's girls here. Get closer to the mic, Paul. Both of you. You always lean back. Stop. Yeah, so the, the we've been talking about Marty and Zell for ages. So now they're on the podcast. And uh, we'll con- somewhat interview them a little bit there. Yeah, social distancing is making this difficult. So how did you... Because um, I don't think we really finished off our topic on like how we met. Uh, that was it. Yeah, we nearly got into a fight and then and then we became best friends. Um, and then we would throw them prickly you know you guys ever know them plants where they have these little capsules but when the capsule opens they've got these little prickly hairs in them yeah we got into a lot well, of fights so with cute, them guys. oh yeah. there was, was you think romantic. they're cute but once you get them prickly hairs on you they last for days yeah then friendship yeah um they they're a pain you infested my life eh? you started moving <laughs> in with my dad wow as well uh, why well, you was there chris mentioned that <laughs> 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 Yeah, so uh, I fucked Chris's dad, but <laughs> before that, uh, Dude, Chris... Dude, control your laugh. I'm sorry. Chris stopped going to school for a while. He skipped an entire year of school, and I caught him one day. I caught him signing in and then going to leave school and, and convinced him to stay for a class. We went to a Fremont... A school was called Fremont. It was a very... Very Too specific. Someone got stabbed over a banana. Yeah, don't worry. The oh, school's man, changed to narrow it down. The school has a different name now, so you, you wouldn't be able to track it. It's a completely Oh, well, you school. would. What's well, a different... <laughs> it, it is a different... Yeah. I implore you to try it. Well, anyway, I used to kind of wag a lot and, and skip school. Yeah, but I caught him... For the gym. For, for the gym. gym. <laughs> that is gym. I, I caught him one day. Break. Yeah, so he took a year off school, came back... He had an eight-pack and uh, <laughs> just muscles on top of his muscles. And, uh, well, that's what saved me from the emo kids. Because at that time, I was very unpopular and hung out with the emo kids. Marty used to have purple hair and tight pants. So once I came back to school, I got him out of it. Yeah, I was hanging out with all the girls when I brought Chris back. They uh, they all wanted to hang around me and uh, and my friend. As so, soon as I walked in, the girls were looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Are you talking about me? I'm just talking about 
No, he's see, definitely talking about you. Zell would definitely come to the. Zell wasn't at our school. We were all at the same school, but uh, Zell was the only one that wasn't there. But there were some times you did jump into just the school at some point. Quick art class, yeah. you know, walk out. Or you'd just see him at parties and all that kind of shit. I mean, I, I did give him my jumper a few times so he could just blend in with the crowd. Which I did. How well, come I never saw that? I don't know. You See, went, we met after you get a ticket, school. You know? No. You went no, one of the homies back then. Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was... No, I what think, year was this? No, so Matt was hanging out with Dylan. Dylan. Uh, we don't need him. Oh, uh, don't say his last name. You loser. Yeah, he was he was kicking the footy uh, every we don't recess need and lunch. Talk about this. Whereas, whereas I was hanging out with all the girls, thanks to my, my friend with the six-pack. Hell yeah. Which one? Uh, it was Chris. That's oh, me. <laughs> That's me if you want to know. Yeah, I, I just brought Chris and all the girls wanted to hang out with me. <laughs> Coincidentally, <laughs> I was pretty popular with Chris next to me. I feel like you were pretty he popular. He used with me the girls pretty much, is how it goes. Definitely, I was not. I you were? To, no, I hung out with the emo kids. I, I was you, not popular. I he used to hang out with. Um, I, we probably shouldn't be saying too many names. But yeah, it was Kyle. Old mate. Old mate. You know how to do this? Kirsten. I could fit one of Our boy Alex from primary school. Alex. Fuck that dude. Alex, fuck you. I mean, I used to beat me up, I'll beat you up. What the hell? Where does that come from? He wanted to beat me up when I went to your primary school. Yeah, him and Morgan. Yeah, right. I used to like Alex, but he was very easily... He could. He was easy to manipulate. And when he got involved with the wrong crowd, he... He went off the bandwagon because he was good friends with Chris and I for a while. Remember that we went to his birthday party and uh, the fireman came to the party and they said, "Who's the birthday girl?" <laughs> <laughs> wow! No wonder that guy really didn't like that. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. How come none of us let that go? <laughs> that was a sleepover as well. Yeah, we held that against him for a long time. Oh, man. No wonder he has so much hate. <laughs> no wonder you wanted to beat me up. <laughs> I, suppose, to that anger. I suppose we're the reason for his life going so downhill. So uh, we should. You must have made it. Well, that's a full confession on the podcast, right? <laughs> oh, now. we're putting a lot of people on blast, aren't we? Now let's pause the podcast and pour a drink. No, I no, no, you can. Oh, he's out. You haven't said a word. How did we? Uh, how did you come into the group? I'm pretty sure it was one time I was walking with Marty Daddy your house. This is like this is my mate Chris. I'm like, Howdy doody, sir. How are you? <laughs> and then we just became friends. After we and then I found out you played Dead Space a lot and I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like my horror. <laughs> but then was like Zeb was always very well known in the group, even though he didn't go to the same school as well. Yeah, so it was, it was just very well known. Quite a day. What happened? How come I didn't know him then? Yeah, you just you went know, the right crowd, right. you know. I already said you, you weren't hanging out at the music. Field. No, I'm not good you enough. Were kicking the football. You probably didn't really come into it, Matt, until like year, like year eleven. No, I was hanging out with um, like you know what? our Be, main being group. Being well known, it wasn't a great thing. It wasn't. Because <laughs> it was. women just assume you were a user, so it's a bad thing. Yeah, and they also wanted to make out with women in groups. Even so, though, yeah. you know, and they were fit. Let's not deny. Because that's Danny such a bad thing. <laughs> True that. Wait, you guys are gonna have a what? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna go what the fuck? <laughs> well, this podcast over. <laughs> in, our, in our podcast, we take about fifty-four breaks between an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it works. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that was a punching. Do you know that stuff they put in energy drinks? Marty and Zell just took a lunch break. So pretty good. Give it a try. We back. Get you a bit of energy. <laughs> Shit talk. Yeah. yeah.
I'm gonna lose all We all gotta sacrifice a little. I've sacrificed too much. So studying history, and if you study the history of plagues, they usually have a massive change in society. For instance, if you look at the bubonic plague back in the 1600s, it wiped out uh, you know, over a third of Europe, which meant that people who were working multiple jobs to try to feed their family, suddenly there were not many people applying for the same job, which meant that it was easier to get a job because there were few people and more jobs. And so pe people who were the employees, the, the noble class who, who had lots of money, suddenly didn't have many options for hiring. So people could then choose if they wanted to work for a couple of cents a day, or if someone else was offering a couple of dollars, they could they could take the better, the better wage. Um, because, you know, there were multiple options for jobs. Same as the housing market. There were multiple houses available now because, you know, before this... Yeah, but that's not really a good thing. Well, it depends. Uh, it's a bad thing for the people that were dying, but for yeah. the people that survived, it meant that they had better life, a better life quality. They, they could work and actually but earn a living. Is that a good life at the sacrifice of others? It depends on do, who you do are. People, do other people even care about others? Oh, well, I do. <laughs> do you? You're a fucking anomaly. <laughs> what? <laughs> an anomaly? I mean, you're anonymous. Wait, this like is how weird punching is, well, though. Because it was how weird before, and now all of a sudden it's gotten serious. Yeah, that is a big jump. <laughs> That's what we do at shit podcast. Uh, shit talk podcast. <laughs> shit podcast? You motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about things that. We we get, talk do, we about get, shit. do we get real deep? We're all making valid points here. Um, but back to the original question is, do yeah, I think so it about, about, about fucking Wow. Talking shit talk about, about people at school you talk and about bitches. Fuck, you know? you <laughs> talk about <laughs> me interrupting. We, we are drunk. Nah, what do you say, mate? And so the question was, do I think that this will make a big change in society? I think it will. I think it's going to make a drastic change because right now it's showing that a capitalist society can't actually cope with a virus outbreak yeah. because people who are working part-time jobs on a casual wage can no longer go to work and, and society isn't prepared for a big outbreak in a new virus that we don't understand a capitalist society isn't prepared china is showing that they they can cope with it uh, well, because they have i mean besides from the fundamentals of like maybe we can't you know like uh, the older generations can't cope with how the country is going right now the millennials the younger generation they're not going to understand uh hunger they're going to understand the internet running out or not existing at all. You know, it's going to drive them insane, pretty much. Yeah, so, I mean, this this comes down to the fact that the government's ill-prepared. The, the whole point of the government was it, it was a democratic government which was supposed to be elected by the people to support the people, whereas in a capitalist society, the government is basically just an overseer to make sure that the capital market does its job. So you have businesses that can do what they want, you know, and if that means that paying a minimum wage where people will never have enough money to buy a house, then, you know, that's their own prerogative and that's just, that's just the way it is. But that's the reason that our, our system's going to fail through this outbreak. It means that you can't just tell people not to go to work because they're on a casual wage. So if they can't afford to buy food for their family because they're on a casual wage, then they're going to go to work and they're going to spread this virus way further. Whereas, 
Do you think it would be best if we did just quarantine ourselves for like two, three weeks and wait until the the virus just takes like just leave? No, I, I wouldn't say leave, but just wash your ass and wash your face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the government advice was to wash your hands because your hands is what it's what touches things, and this virus, though. Unlike the bubonic plague, it's not a bacteria. It is a virus. A virus can only survive within a host. So it can survive in any cells, like saliva, you know, things like yeah. that, where this virus can actually live. And they can survive on surfaces. So been, there's a lot of talk about it being able to survive or being a, it, that summer might be the savior of this, where the heat from summer will wipe it out like it did the bubonic plague. When it gets too hot, the virus can't survive. Or the bubonic plague actually was was winter because it was so cold that the virus couldn't replicate. Whereas in this case, it's not a bacterium. It's not an own cell. It actually only survives within a host. Yeah. So therefore, it's not even considered living among scientists. Scientists will, will tell you that a virus is not a living organism. It doesn't have the machinery it needs to replicate. It can only replicate within a host, which is why there's this big push on vaccines because if you're vaccinated if everyone's vaccinated you get this thing called herd immunity it means the virus can't live anywhere and that means that the virus can't mutate and become something different whereas if one person in a group of 20 isn't vaccinated then that one person is a host for this virus and that virus can then mutate and become something different and so people that were vaccinated were vaccinated for the old virus, but this new virus, which is mutated, can therefore infect the ones that were vaccinated. So that's yeah. why there's a big push on vaccinations. How far are we from a vaccination? For this? Yeah. 18 months. That's oddly specific. I mean, like, yeah, well, that's what they're... Es- 18, 18 months is what <laughs> Thank you for estimating. getting closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we've already got a serious problem, and Martin's already reference this in the future in private conversations of global warming we don't really have enough time to work on a vaccination with global warming so far around the uh, so so close around the corner uh, by the time we get this vaccination fixed we'll be out of time to fix global warming pretty much aren't we ready out of time well i mean if we started now we might have a chance what do you, what you, but I'll what let you, I'll let Martin extend on this. What yeah. do you think is going to happen though? In the, so if you're asking about vaccinations, the problem with vaccinations is that this virus is a hybrid of the flu. So the flu, as you know, we have a, a new vaccine for the flu every single year because the flu virus. <laughs> the flu virus itself actually mutates on a regular basis. So by the time that it makes its round and comes back a year later, it's mutated so many times that it's completely different from the old virus that it yeah. used to be, which is why a, a vaccine for the coronavirus at the moment is, is out of the question because it's so different all the time. If someone from, say, Italy was to come to Australia, it would be very different to the coronavirus that we have here in Australia because it's every time it infects someone else, it's probably slightly different to what it was oh, okay. before. And so if this virus has travelled through 20 different people, then it's very likely that it will be a very different virus to what we have here. 
consider the polio virus, for instance, we've completely eradicated and the original measles, polio. is it? Measles? No. Yeah. Smallpox. Um, yeah. So yeah. the smallpox, uh, the polio, um, measles, the, these viruses, they have a very, a relative, consider, compared to the corona or compared to the flu, they have a very stable genome. They don't mutate as often. So when we create a vaccine for it, that vaccine doesn't need a change every year. It's very similar to, so a polio virus this year is very similar to the polio virus last year. It's very, it has the pretty much the same DNA makeup. Whereas the flu is different all the time. It's always changing. So creating a vaccine for it, we can only create a vaccine based on where it is at that current time. So we, if we were to study it now and try to create a vaccine for it, that vaccine would be ineffective in a year's time. Yeah, but it's not entirely ineffective. So it will give you somewhat immunity. It, somewhat is better than zero, though. It is. But is somewhat worth the funding required to make it? If it saves someone's life, I would say yes. It, so we're using the somewhat effective flu virus to try to make hospitals more efficient to deal with the coronavirus. So the government has just rolled out a plan to vac- to offer a free flu vaccine to everyone across Australia because they don't want people sick with the flu taking up hospital beds w- which are going to be required for the coronavirus because they know that the coronavirus is going to overflow our hospitals. Our healthcare system is not ready for a pandemic. Yeah. We are ill prepared for a pandemic. We don't have the funding for it. Obviously, we live in a capitalist society and there's no profit in protecting poor people because Hmm. poor people don't have money to invest into protecting themselves from pandemics, which is why I think there will be a huge change in the way that we run our government. Having For the better? I think for the better. I think it has to be for the better because people power. They will see what what the government's not doing for them and what they should be doing. We're about. To, we've already seen how ineffective the government is. We had the bushfire crisis. Fucking ScoMo. <laughs> yeah, ScoMo from marketing. Well, I hope you're ready with that. <laughs> I mean, we we saw how ineffective they were for the bushfire crisis because, obviously, our government relies on donations from big corporations. They, you know, if if isn't we, that just the Liberal Party? It's not just the Liberal. So the Labor Party as well take donations. Oh, okay. Think. Donations are a thing that go across most parties. Uh, I, myself, am a Greens member. I, I vote for the Greens because yeah. the Greens have said that they refuse to accept corporate donations. They but can't they just be change? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, people can change their rules all the time. Yeah. Um, the Labour Party, for instance, you know, they, they were the ones who introduced the, the, the deal where if a corporation made a donation, they didn't have to pay as much tax. But, of course, big corporations have great lawyers and they find loopholes in everything. And so now they've found loopholes in paying tax because they make donations to you know, government agencies or they make huge donations to, and I quote this, uh, charities, which <laughs> often the corporations own these charities. So you know, they get away with paying huge amounts of tax because they're making these donations to their own charities, which really don't do much. And so we end up with billions of dollars escaping tax while the, the standard worker has to pay, you know, a quarter of his wage in taxes 
and I don't, billionaires. I don't think I pay a quarter. I think I, I pay it's 150 a week, roughly. It jumps, it goes up and down. Yeah, it's definitely. I'm definitely exaggerating when I say a quarter, um, unless of course, like me, you work two jobs. In that case, you pay 50 percent tax on your second job. Yeah, which I think is fucked. Yeah. And if you're a big corporation who have found loopholes, you can just send your money to an offshore account and then you can avoid paying millions of dollars in tax. So to give you perspective, if the 11 billionaires we have in Australia were to pay tax, if all of them were to pay tax, then we would have enough money there to build hospitals. It's like the top 1% or top 3% wealthiest people in Australia have more money combined than the rest of, uh, not Australia, in the world have more money combined than the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. And and just even the, the, the top 1% in Australia have enough money to, you know, to they have more money than all of the welfare welfare recipients in Australia combined. Like, that's a lot of money you're talking about. When people get angry when welfare recipients get an extra $750 as a one-off payment to restart the economy, whereas you have these billionaires who are literally hoarding money, which themselves could save the economy. I feel like that's more the news and the government trying to like put the spotlight on the welfare or soundlink, as we call it here. Yeah, so they, they prefer that we fight amongst ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Um, because really, the, the, the ones that are crashing the economy are the ones that are hoarding these money I've been, in their offshore accounts. I've been guilty of that as well. Saying like, oh, why am I paying tax so that dude can just dole bludge and do nothing all day? Yeah, and it's going to be a huge shock to a lot of society members when they realise that homo deus is, is upon us. You know, humans, humans are very inefficient when it comes to to pretty much everything when when you have machines that can outperform humans in every aspect humans are smarter uh, until machines are self-learning once we have uh, AI that can learn we, we then have a super intelligent being which is going to be smarter than us in every aspect at the moment we already have majority of jobs being replaced by machines you know we know check out check out chicks or check out dudes or, or a thing which is going to be of the past because why pay someone uh, a minimum wage when you could have a machine, a one-off payment, which could then do the same job and never complain about its wage. Yeah, but those machines, like I try not to use them, but they are so much quicker. They are, yeah, and that's the thing. And yeah, it's not just the checkouts. What? The uh, self-checkouts. Self-checkouts? Yeah, yeah so... So Back people talk future. about yeah, it, it is the future, and especially if you're going in to just grab one item, I don't really want to just line up and then get served and then go. Yeah, and you're not alone with that. Like a yeah. lot of people would prefer that. What are you so, doing? These <laughs> are high pitch. And so you've got these machines which can do you know a better job than humans, completely. Like they, it's judgment day at the end of the day. Well, well it's not. <laughs> Yeah, machines aren't going to take over. You don't think oh, so? They, they, no. They will once they start self-replicating. No, because the more have jobs will be seen, open. People have, need to repair those machines. But haven't so, you seen so, videos of all these machines feeding for themselves at the same time as well? No. No. Oh, yeah, once, once machines can build themselves, that's when it becomes a problem. Then all of a sudden you got Terminators coming around blasting your ass. <laughs> so it's always it's always going to be a problem because uh, every time we we fix God, one problem, we create new problems. <laughs> And so, if you think about it in terms of the short-term future, you know we've already we've already eliminated a lot of human jobs. We've already got buses which have been tested in South Australia, 
as self-driving, which means every bus driver in Australia is now facing a risk of their job because, well, a bus driver has to rely on their ability to drive a bus, whereas a machine can rely on an algorithm which makes no mistakes. So a machine is much less likely to have an accident or to... Which would also save the company money. Yeah, and it's, you know, an algorithm can tell you exactly when it's going to be at exactly what location based on the algorithm. And so you've got taxis which are also going to be losing their jobs in the near future when self-driving cars take over. Depending on public transport systems. Exactly. So you've got all the self-drive... All all public transport systems are going to be uh, a risk of losing their jobs so you know that's just one area though like you know so you've got your you know, registers which are going to be operated by machines you've got self-driving vehicles which are going to take public transport jobs and then on top of that now we now have machines which are better at being doctors than than doctors and so you spend you know eighty thousand dollars to train a doctor to be a doctor and then you have a machine which you know eventually sure it's more expensive it will be cheaper to build a machine than it will be to fund someone to go through medical school who may even decide not to be a doctor. And so you have these machines which are better because you think about a doctor will spend five minutes or even up to 15 minutes asking you questions about you know, what diseases you have or you know, what symptoms might result in what disease you have and then compare that to a, a, a Google database which has uh, literally all diseases listed in it that humans have collected as a whole and how much more accurate that would be compared to a doctor. I mean, a, a doctor is a human and humans are prone to making mistakes. Humans, no human on earth could memorize every single disease that exists in the world. Yeah. And on top of that, no doctor is going to be able to accurately measure every single you know, disease or, or infection that's going around in the local time based on news across the entire world whereas a machine a machine could do that a machine that was able to learn through say google and google searches would be able to much more accurately predict it such as there's a machine called watson which is basically a doctor you ask it questions it will ask you maybe up to 100 to 200 questions and it has no time restraint it's an online website you can access it from home you don't have to go to a doctor surgery and ask a doctor who's being paid by an hour this machine is only paid to build it once it's built the, the maintenance is way cheaper than paying a doctor a minimum wage so if you're thinking as a capitalist way what would make more sense to you would it be cheaper and more economically viable for you to, to build a machine to program a website to do this or would it be more viable for you to pay a doctor a minimum wage and you know maybe even sponsor him to go through university it's the obvious choice is going to be a machine i personally would pick the human why if a human is prone to making mistakes prone to offering the wrong medication and a machine will be accurate yeah, 99% of the time and getting a human operation will be more expensive they have to pay a wage versus a machine that they don't yeah think of the cost of paying a human, you know, an hourly rate. A doctor isn't cheap. Doctors, you know, they go through university, they, they charge a lot. And, you know, that's 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 fair because they spend a lot of time studying and they accumulate a lot of debt no, going no, through university. If they do, they're in some serious 
trouble because you know, someone's life is on the line. They get paid more because they cannot make mistakes. And if a doctor makes a mistake and they get sued, that, that cost is going to come down to you. Whereas a machine, machines don't make the mistakes. They run off algorithms. They're always accurate. They're based on what, what they're told. Statistically and better. Yes, yeah, statistically they are better. And so it would make more sense economically from a capitalist perspective to, to have a machine do the job of a human. But machines also break Weird down. Place, okay. They <laughs> don't, much they might not run at 100%. <laughs> yeah, so... But then, do they have a machine to machines. fix the machine? So, so that, that's uh, ironic because <laughs> a human... A human could have a bad day. Say the doctor's son got into a car accident. You know that doctor would then be traumatized. He might he might be having a really bad week, even a bad month. He might take up drinking. Yeah, so he's he might not be bad at his running job. at one hundred percent either. Exactly, but a machine will always run at one hundred percent because a machine True. follows an algorithm. Uh, and so this can't feel. This is my example of you've got this this perfect thing versus a human. You know, it just seems like more sense have uh, this perfect thing do the same job if it's cheaper and better than the human, right? So if you've got doctors, one of the most professional professionals in the industry, but it's better to have a machine, then, then whose job really is safe? Inevitably, you're gonna have people who just don't have jobs anymore because there are just machines that can do their jobs better. So what do you what, what, what do you do with all these people? Yeah, what happens then? What happens when everyone doesn't have a job? Exactly. So what's what's the point of having such a large amount of people? That's the question. It's just like what what do you do with all the people that no longer have work because machines are better? You know, what do you do with the people? Well, it, do you it just would hate be... on them because they're they're dull bludgers? It would be chaos. Uh, well, it would be something. I, I think it would be chaos because those people I don't think the government would could like they wouldn't be able to go on Centrelink here because the government would, wouldn't be able to support that so the economy wouldn't be able to I don't know how to say it you, you would have sustain it, itself you would, ha you would end up with a great divide you would end up with people who were ready for for this future would be, you know, they would be the working class. And if you couldn't support all of the new, the, the vast amount of people that are on welfare, then you would have this huge divide of the working class versus welfare recipients. Yeah. And so Elon Musk has already predicted this. Uh, Fuck, I love Elon Musk. He is, he's probably one of my own heroes. Why do you love him? He's a genius. What he's doing right now for the, like the world is, I love it. Yeah. So Elon Musk, he is trying to design a world for the future. Yeah. His his whole, from what I can tell, his whole life is dedicated to the future, to making it a, a future, a better tomorrow. And so, that's probably one of the only billionaires that I actually support. I, I usually don't support billionaires, people that hoard money and, and ruin the economy. I feel like he wouldn't hoard money either. Or he, or he uses dollars. He uses yeah. it. Dollars. <laughs> yeah, but his research or whatever. He's smart in how he uses the money, but he's he's smart in the way that he's using that money for good. He's not using it to benefit himself. He's using it to benefit everyone. Yeah, the future is. He's probably the reason why we're going back into space, isn't he? 
like on the moon or something. Yeah, so his, he has a project which is to... SpaceX, is it called? Yeah, so SpaceX, which is where he's trying to create reusable rocket ships. And so I read somewhere that he's also looking at building, um, or at least working with another company to build uh, fueling stations in space. No, so, that's cool. yeah, and, and so that makes a lot of sense. So you've got rockets which now no longer are going to be required to carry the amount of fuel to travel all the way to another planet or to an asteroid. They can actually just stop in space and refuel at a space station. And so you don't have to have ships that are so big to carry all that fuel because they don't need to carry that much fuel anymore. Because they can just but how are we going to get all that fuel up in space? Well, once you've got a space uh, station, you know, you've got to find uh, a way of refueling that space station. But a space station isn't going to be as far as Mars. You know, it's, it's going to be like a halfway point and then maybe even a quarter way point, even less than that. And so you end up with these colonies in space, which slowly expand and it's going to expand the Earth. And, and so I think that is actually going to be what saves humanity is that we, we no longer just colonize Earth. So when AIs start becoming better than humans, we can just expand. We don't have to just live on Earth. You know, and so you think that's AIs. the solution to our problem, is expanding? Yeah, if we were to work with AI systems and colonize other planets, then we don't have to fight AIs for Earth. We can work with AIs and colonize other planets. So we don't have to have that, you know, like in the movies where the AI turns on humans and destroys humanity, we can actually have... AIs and humans work together to colonize other planets. But would they want to work with us? Well, if we're not competing, then why not? If we're not competing against each other. But that's human nature to compete. Human nature is to advance. Humans, so they, they say the human condition is to always want more. Yeah. So no matter what you want now, when you have that, you want something else. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's the human condition. And so, as long as there's always something more to want, which will be to expand the human race, is to, to create Homo Deus, the next generation of humans, humans and machines together, which is ultimately better than humans by themselves, better than humans, and better than AIs by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I could basically a cyborg, Homo Deus. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. It's, so we're, we're, we're called Homo sapien. Yeah. Homo Deus is the next generation. It's, That's weird. It's we already know our future name pretty much. Yeah, well, the, the next species. But how do we know that the path we're going? Uh, because we've already started exploring it. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's the thing about humans. Now that we've already started down that path, there's no way to stop it. We've already started that path because our phone is pretty much an extension of ourselves. Of ourselves, yes. Yep. It's a part of us. Like, do you leave your house without your phone? Yes. I would never leave my house. Exactly. So yeah. it's a part of us. Yeah, we we are beginning the next generation of and humans. Elon Musk is looking like he's just accept he's accepted what's already it, what already is and. He's working on progressing it. That's pretty good. That's what it turned into. We gotta pause it because we gotta go. Uh, Fucking, you didn't even join us, did you? Oi, fuck Olia. Uh, it does only take 11 minutes to get there. I just won four arm wrestles. This is all. This is all still on the podcast. I don't like admitting.